0: Hmm. Yeah, I'd say people mm-hmm. <laughs> like being favorite. You said favorite and least favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, both. People for both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the first installment of Ryan's Remarkable Mycology Podcast. Please clap. Uh, Okay, I am really excited to share this with you all. Um, We had a great guest on for the first episode, Henry Kerrigan. Um, We talked about a wide range of things, but focused mostly on mycology and mushroom 101, so to speak. Um, as well as cultivating mushrooms. Henry gave a lot of great resources and tips if you're trying to get into that. Also, I just wanted to mention that I've had a few delays on my end for various reasons. Long, long, long story short, um, I got a bunch of my stuff stolen at a music festival, and I was stranded in Peoria for a good bit. Um, Many of you who know me know the the full story, but um we don't need to get into it right now. What I wanted to mention though is that now that I'm, you know, back in Denver and getting reacclimated to being a real person, I'm going to start cranking these episodes out. So, um yeah, let's get into episode 1 and you can find timestamps of all of the topics we go over in the podcast notes if you want to skip around or something. So without further ado, here is me and Henry's conversation. So my first guest is named Henry Kerrigan. Um, He is running a uh, mushroom consulting business called Fungal Fruition Consulting. Um, He has been growing mushrooms since he was uh, 16, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Around then. Um, Started off doing oyster mushrooms. Uh, I'll I'll let him give you the whole rundown, but uh, he lived in Guatemala for a bit, working with the Fungi Academy. And now he runs a a consulting business, which helps um, people who are looking to get into mushroom growing. So uh Henry, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on, Ryan. Uh yeah, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Excited to finally get this episode going. Um there's been some delays on both ends, so we're uh but now I'm back in Denver and we're gonna get we're gonna start pumping these out. So I hope everybody's ready. Noise. Noise. I, so <laughs> yeah so Henry, can you, uh, let's just start off. Can you just tell me about yourself and um, how you got into myc- mycology and what it's like running your consulting business?
0: <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I first got into mycology through uh, sustainable agriculture, mainly dealing uh, with cities. Growing Power was the first organization where I learned um mushroom cultivation on um, agricultural waste and then also spending a good amount of time with the uh, urban ecology center all uh, based out of Milwaukee Wisconsin learning more about foraging and uh identification and more about the ecology of uh of mushrooms yeah so what it's like uh running my business right now it's it's quite an interesting experience to be completely honest because I've been working in education for some time now but uh Implementing systems is a, it's a whole different thing. It's a whole different field and uh, it's interesting because I've spent a good amount of time being a technician, but now it's, uh, I'm in a place where a lot of times I'm not really holding the reins. I'm more teaching people how to do so. So it's, it's a different hat to wear, but that's like what keeps me excited about everything
1: nice dude um you mentioned agricultural waste starting growing on agricultural waste what
0: uh type of waste was that was it like coffee grounds or yeah um a lot of it was like things from soy uh Mm because there's a lot of soy grown in wisconsin and uh and some and some corn um yeah that that's like what they were just using out there just kind of like roughage very fibrous material but uh yeah, I, I have grown on coffee grounds before. I honestly, yeah, I don't always find super great success with it because it's extremely nutritious. Mm-hmm. Um, so you really, like, proper sterilization has to occur, and that is its own can of worms. Uh, that right. uh, a, a super nutritious sterile thing doesn't continue to remain sterile when you introduce it to an external environment. So it can be not, like, the best substrate, but... It's it's the it's the one everyone talks about using. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've I've been um
1: experimenting. Well, I haven't really actually started, but I'm trying. So I I'm sure you're familiar with um Peter McCoy, radical mycology. Oh
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. That's... Um so I'm trying to do the the cigarette butt thing. I've I've been like collecting Uh, Cigarette butts at music festivals. I'm I'm going to be volunteering just for free tickets, and then I'm going to try and use the the cigarette butts to grow oysters. I don't know if it's going to work, but it'll be an experiment. (laughs) Quick aside for those of you who haven't heard of Peter, he's a mycologist who's been working in the field for about 20 years, and he's a big proponent of uh, accessible mycology and sort of DIY experimentation. Uh which is how I heard of him um, i I heard of him through another book. he also has a book called Radical mycology um and that is a six hundred and fifty page behemoth so i haven't I <laughs> haven't dove into that one yet but uh it goes into you know mycoremediation and mushroom cultivation. but um, what I'm referring to here is uh a video that he has on YouTube where he trains mycelium from oyster mushrooms to use cigarette butts as food um so that's what i'm talking about here
0: you have a plan do Do, do you know what you're thinking um the short answer
1: is no i'm gonna i'm, I'm kind of winging it um i've watched the videos and i've looked up a little bit of research i think the idea is you want to introduce the um culture to a uh, clean cigarette butts before like the used ones so um you're kind of training them to eat the cigarette butts i don't even know if it's uh something that will be able to produce fruits um because the video i watched it was really just more about the micro remediation aspect of it but right. i don't know it's just like a fun little thing to do
0: yeah it's it sounds great i was gonna say the only experience i have with um with anything like that is trying to train mycelium to grow on other types of wood. And, uh, the way, ways that I've done that in the past has been introducing the medium I want it to grow on in, into the culture, into the culture work and feeding it into that through other dishes, but that's an awesome experiment and I'm glad you're going for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I gotta, you know, take a swing somewhere. Yeah. Um, Cool. So, since this is the first episode, I think it would be good for the listeners. A lot of them are not super familiar with the whole field of mycology or mushrooms in general. A lot of people think mushrooms, fungi, mycelium, they're like, "What's the difference? Um, so could you could could you walk us a little bit through? Um, some of the basics of mycology and mushrooms and like some of the different terms that we might be using just so people have a little uh, baseline to start
0: with? Of course, of course. Um, One thing, an analogy I like to, uh, a few that I like to use is like the mushroom is just the tip of the iceberg. The majority of uh the organism and what's being held and what's occurring is actually not visible to the naked eye, so um, that's a, an a, an important thing to think about. It's like the it's the apple. You know, the mm-hmm. mushroom is the apple. It is not the whole tree. So, I, I suppose the most important thing to start off with is like you know how do these things come the to life, and that's, that's through spores so through sporulation. So, when uh, a fungal fruiting body right that's that's the name of my company too fungal fruition right because ah. like <laughs> the fructification is actually the term um but uh when, when the mycelium is coming together and forming a fruiting body so once that occurs that's in order to continue spreading the genes so the fruiting body grows and then eventually once it's reached maturation there's the spores are released and the spores are like it's like similar to a seed but it doesn't contain all of the genetic material that's required for life. That's the main difference between a seed and a spore is the seed can do it all on its own where a spore needs another one. And um, mm-hmm. spores are really interesting. They can they can last really extended amounts of time in extreme conditions. So there is some ha- there's uh some theories out there like panspermia and some other things that you know this A spore is something that could travel through space. We've got the spores and they come together and fuse and create what we're looking at. This is creating hyphae. And hyphae are kind of like roots that are stretching, looking for nutrition and for other branches of hyphae. And what all this starts to grow together and create a mass of like a web. And uh, this is what we call mycelium. So it's just a bunch of this hyphae. So a bunch of these strands all together kind of crisscrossing each other and and connecting. And uh, once we've got our mycelium, it grows and it eats everything that's available for it. And then there's something that normally triggers it to fruit, either no more substrate or nothing more for it to eat or perhaps the right environmental conditions, such as the right heat, amount of moisture, or um, uh, when there's less carbon dioxide. Uh, available like you know the hyphae's been growing underground and there's more oxygen. That means it's reaching the surface, so then mm-hmm. the mycelium is going to fruit in order to keep living. So I'm not sure if that's um, that. That's a good introduction. I think on on mushrooms. Cultivation is done. done their book but i think that's a broad based uh start of a look at mushrooms
1: yeah yeah i think i think that's a good starting point and uh i like your analogies (laughs) that was great and then let's uh since you mentioned it let's just like go into some of the cultivation stuff so you've been cultivating mushrooms for a long long time a lot longer than i have Um, So you have quite a bit of knowledge under your belt. So my question to you is, can you just explain how the stuff that you just went over relates to cultivation and like some of the devices and terms that you would be using when you're cultivating mushrooms? So Henry gives a great answer to this question, but uh, just full disclosure, it gets pretty detailed and into the nitty gritty of the steps of cultivation so if you're like
0: frank i don't give a shit about any of this
1: just go ahead and skip to about 19 minutes and uh we go over some better ways for beginners to get started with growing mushrooms so if you get a little bit overwhelmed by all the information um don't feel bad about it because because uh I, I wouldn't have gotten it <laughs> you know when i first started
0: yeah definitely um the 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 thing that I I like to I like to look at it as there's three main steps um, when it comes to cultivating mushrooms and honestly they're all individual jobs. If you're going to work in like commercial production, it's very rare to find a mushroom farm that is also a culture lab and a spawn lab and and fruiting as well and creating mm. all their own substrates. So. The, those are the three main things that i just touched on there is, so the culture work is the is the first part of that that's um that's like the the you're taking care of the beginnings of life so it's like raising children or something i suppose you know you're trying to teach them and give them all the things they need to grow healthy and strong like you know you can like i was mentioning before you can introduce something foreign to them in their very young state of growth and they will learn how to use that and turn it into food so we're um we're just trying to get the spores to germinate here or we've already taken a clone. We have a fungal culture that's already growing. Um, but we're we're just trying to expand that on normally like an agar, uh, agar agar <laughs> and, and nice like petri dishes. So this is just uh we take like a nutrient broth. Uh it, it can be as simple as boiled potato water and uh just some auger and we we sterilize that. In this part of the cultivation experience, it's very important to to sterilize everything. I'll go in between saying sterilizing and pasteurizing over these next well, I'm explaining cultivation, but the main difference between these is sterilizing is killing all the microbiome that's around versus pasteurizing is leaving some around. So that's the main difference there, but in culture work we need to sterilize everything and we normally do this at high pressure in um a pressure cooker or an mm-hmm. autoclave so we uh, can do that with our agar and we can also do that in a, a, another fashion called liquid culture are the two main um methods for uh cultivating um when we're looking at, at at culture that's like the very beginning of life and we're just giving it what we need and this is what we Further is referred to as inoculum, right? <laughs> which is like something we inoculate something, which means we introduce something. So we're trying to get a stable, healthy culture. That's something I keep saying. And a culture is like one piece of uh, genetic information that isn't affected from any other. Like contaminants is another another vocab word, which is something that you're not trying to grow. Mm-hmm. So a culture is when you have a specific fungal genetic and it's just that by itself so after once we've got that we've done a lot of work we're very happy and proud of ourselves (laughs) now we have to go to the spawn production at first it starts off as grain we just have our grain a lot of people soak and then wash and then cook their grain make it almost palatable for humans, al dente. (laughs) And once we've got it properly hydrated, we, we sterilize that as well. And this is spawn production. We're taking our inoculum, that culture that I was talking about, whether it's on a Petri dish or in a syringe or something like that, we're taking that and we're introducing it to the sterile grain. And then this is what's going to grow and turn into spawn. Nice, nice. That's that (laughs) we've made it to the final step, which is what we call substrate preparation and like fruition, uh, is the way I like to look at it. It's like the actual mushroom growing part. (laughs) A lot of this takes a long time, you know, to grow and get a stable culture from spore can take up to a month, and then to grow some spawn out that could be a few weeks, you know. So we finally have gotten our spawn, and we're really excited all the grains have eaten been eaten kind of it looks like tempeh now and we we break everything up and uh it, it, we introduce it to another substrate for it to eat so this is generally species specific or genus specific some things eat wood which is a very unique characteristic in the, in the world it's like the only thing that does it really <laughs> that digest lingen this is a really like dense material um some some eat insects some eat uh entomopathogenic fungus some eat coprophilic fungus like we've got all different types of things but we we've got a substrate that is their final our fruiting substrate some people like to say because in Technical biological terms anything is a substrate, like including an auger dish itself is a substrate. So, mm. um, what we end up with our final fruiting substrate, and that's something we pasteurize. We want to kill off most of everything in there, but leave some things around. Some, some mushrooms require more sterile, um, substrates, but this is the final piece we take our spawn. And we put it into our substrate. So we went from getting a stable culture to making spawn to finally having a fruiting substrate that is slowly eaten. And once it's fully eaten, it fruits and we finally have mushrooms. <laughs> oh, You made me so happy, I just peed a little. Sorry, I was a little long-winded, but it's a no, long no, process. No, <laughs> no, no, that's good.
1: Um, putting myself in the shoes of a beginner, all of this makes sense to me now. But I think when I started growing mushrooms, I would have been like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? (laughs) Uh, So my question is like, are there any ways that you would recommend cutting out steps in terms of like ordering already stable liquid culture or spores and then um, pre-sterilized grain bags? Would you say that is somewhere to start or like, what would you say? Is the best method for a beginner who's just like I just want to like get the hang of like this
0: little part of the process, and then like I'll expand my repertoire. Right, right, yeah. My my biggest thing is um finding small successes and like actionable things because whenever you try and attempt a goal, if you go at it with a huge idea and you you and you find yourself falling short, you know. Um, so I, I even professionals. Like most people, outsource everything. So it's a really great place to start is by outsourcing some things. Um, I can give you. I'll give you. I'll send you some links and put um, up uh, my 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 friend over at a uh, True Blue Genetics and um, uh, inoculate the world too. They have a uh, really really nice premium spores and also uh, isolated tubes. They're calling them, which are uh, liquid culture. Uh, <laughs> syringes they've got really really stable um genetics of all sorts of um varieties and then i'd say there's so many grain vendors out there you know that that it's really affordable to purchase some grain as opposed to trying to make it yourself and if you go from if you go from liquid culture directly into grain like the the chance of contamination is 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 starting to get pretty low the the only thing you you're gonna want to have at this point is what we call like a still air box which is just a tote that has been flipped upside down and has two holes in it (laughs) that you can put your hands in the other thing you can do is uh you can just turn on your oven and uh and uh, do your inoculation in front of the oven with the door open because the heat that's rising will um hopefully keep everything cleaner but but that that's the easiest way to start is by purchasing some some culture purchasing your your grain and then inoculating it um if it, that that's if you're trying to grow something that's maybe a little bit more risque you know <laughs> oh snap wait what but uh if you're interested in growing like reishi, lions mane anything that's more um legal and uh, <laughs> <laughs> there is uh that they have the, that spawn is available even so you know and, and there's also fruiting blocks already available yeah. so, so you can just cut a section and spray it with water and mushrooms will grow so i mean it really depends on where you want to enter but
1: right yeah yeah i've seen those um i kind of think it would have made have it easier for me if I had started with like some of those pre-built boxes. But uh, yeah, I guess I learned a lot along the way, but I had a, <laughs> I had a lot of um, contamination early on when I started. Yeah. Uh, I think pretty, you, you kind of, in my view, have to expect that to an extent unless you're like, you know what you're doing and you're like yeah. a, a fucking chemist or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, professional farms go for like 10% contamination, you know, 10 to 20% is looking bad. So, I mean, even that, that it's, it's just part of the game.
1: Yeah. Right. Um, okay. So along those lines, say you're uh, a beginner and you're, you're wanting to get into growing mushrooms. Um, what kinds of mushrooms or methods of growing uh do you recommend for beginners?
0: Yeah, um the 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 best in my opinion. Like hands down when it comes to mushroom cultivation. It, it's the first thing I did too. But it's it's uh what we call uh it, it was a it's a tech, right? Back mm-hmm. in the old uh, mushroom community on like the shroomery.com, which is yeah. like the only place this stuff was available like 10 years ago. Um <laughs> There was a now it's everywhere, but now I'm on a podcast talking about it. (laughs) 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 But uh, there's a guy, philosophy fanaticus, and um, he created something called what we all refer to as PF Tech. There's other names for it, but I I think it's owed to the man. Um, But it's a really basic, really basic recipe. It's like it's. It's so basic. It's ridiculous. It's uh, <laughs> it's just water and brown rice flour, which mm-hmm. you just grind yourself in a coffee grinder or something like that, and then vermiculite, or you can even just use sand. <laughs> so like, and 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 it's a two to one to one ratio, a uh, two being the water. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's like uh, it, it's really easy, and then you have this. Pint jar of rice vermiculite and water you put fill it into a pint jar and you put it on the stove you don't even need to sterilize it you can just do it in a jar at, or, and or, or you can buy these jars online but the reason i love this is once you inoculate this it is your final fruiting substrate oh so y- you inoculate it and it myceliates fully and then once it's finally uh finally fully eaten fully myceliated, it uh, you just pop it out of the jar you can and you roll it in some vermiculite maybe maybe hydrate it dunk it in some water or something and then in about 10 days or, or give or take there's going to be a ton of mushrooms just fruiting off all the sides of it hmm. so you can really do you, you can do the whole process in just a jar and you can do it yourself you know it's it's pretty easy so it's, it's a really great place to start if you want to have some success and it's like, yeah, yeah. you don't want to spend much time with it. Nice.
1: Yeah. Um, I didn't start with that, but I kind of wish I had, and, and the PF tech, is that specific to psilocybe strains or can you do other ones?
0: No, no, definitely not. There's a, uh, it, yeah, it's also called like BRF tech, brown rice flour, but, um, it, no, it, it's not specific. You, I've grown all sorts of different kinds of mushrooms on it. It's, like, actually one of the most forgiving substrates, like oysters, mm-hmm. racine. I haven't ever fruited lion's mane or, like, cordyceps or something on that but
1: Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I started with uh, Uncle Ben's, um, which is very popular on Reddit. That's kind of, like, how I got into it. But um, I feel like now that I know a little bit more i wouldn't even say it's close to the easiest one to start with like there are so many things that can go wrong i will say that the uncle ben's subreddit community uh is super super helpful um i learned a lot on there just like going through posts and comments you will get some misinformation and like, pretty easily filter out uh the oh so, yeah no hate to that subreddit i learned a lot there Um, and definitely check it out if you're just, like, interested in learning about mushrooms. Um, There's also a a subreddit called Mushroom Growers that's really nice. Definitely check those out if you're a Reddit person. Um, Yeah, you can't see it. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you can see it in the bottom. Kind of. But not on the sides, for sure.
0: Or on top, you know, like, sometimes, like... You, you might have like some black mold or some contamination in there you, you don't want that around rest right. you're gone you know yeah um I, i'm that sorry i missed, haven't yeah is i it? missed your question too i was gonna say that the easiest mushroom to fruit you asked me what the easiest is like definitely oysters yeah yeah I, i'd 100 percent say that they'll eat anything and they're so forgiving I, I just realized i didn't respond to that yeah
1: you're good um yeah, I am. I'm working on some oysters right now. Uh, I, I actually found oyster mushrooms in the in the supermarket the other day, which is like I don't know. That was the first time I've ever seen them there. So I, really, uh, yeah.
0: Where'd you? Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I was just at Safeway. Um, I was just picking up a prescription, and I'm like, oh fuck it, I'll, I'll grab some oysters since mine aren't ready yet. Okay, so what would you say are some of the biggest mistakes you see when it comes to people starting out with mushroom cultivation?
0: The the biggest mistake is, is too big, too quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that comes from me, like, seeing friends, seeing like former students, and people have come to me just because they tried to do that. And like, now they're in a bunch of debt <laughs> like, i actually don't know what i'm doing <laughs> right. that's, that's pretty much my job you know? <laughs> <Right now. laughs> a lot of people enter way overconfident, and i think um one of the other other mistakes people um make is uh treating it like uh it's not necessarily like living you know a lot of people don't treat it in the same way or i, I don't know i think the 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 fungi are they're kind of like grandfather archetypes of of our um of our world you know they, they require and deserve a lot of respect. um everyone i know who has not respected them hasn't had very much success <laughs> so like yeah look it's really simple we just want you guys to treat us with respect see that's what we're talking about did you hear that dwight yes did you hear that michael no dwight respect r-e-s-p-s-p-t find out what it means to me just in a sense of like, you know, really just really trying to like, you know, give it some intention can like go really far because I, I know it might sound like mumbo jumbo or something, but um I think that's one of the biggest things, is you know, people going too big too fast and without enough intention behind it.
1: Cool. Do you have a favorite kind of mushroom?
0: Yeah, I, I think uh right now it's it's been the cordyceps. Mm. Like like eating them. Like I've never felt so zooted in my life, you know. Like, <laughs> like
1: Wait, have you heard of? Um, my mom got these when I was back home from a friend. They're, they're called Hayo. They're. It's not just cordyceps, but it's like, cordyceps, lion's mane, um, ashwagandha. I think that's how you say it.
0: Do you do you know what that word means? Yeah.
1: Yeah. What's that mean? <sighs> And like a bunch of other like kind of medicinally type things, but they're like supposed to be an alcohol substitute. um, To like cool. if you're not drinking but you want to have something to sip on, they're they're pretty fun. I liked it.
0: That's great. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds nice. The yeah, the cordyceps is like, whew, yeah, it's really nice. I I, I don't know. For, at Reishi is also. I mean, that's like the long term favorite of mine. I'd say. Yeah. But um. Yeah, that that's like. uh, that's also a really easy mushroom to grow, and it's, it's so majestic. It's so beautiful.
1: They really are, yeah. And you can do a lot of things to them to make them grow in different patterns and stuff. And then, like, oh, yeah. in nature, they look even different. It's, it's, kind of, it's kind of interesting. So there's a great video from Fresh Cat Mushrooms on this topic. The video is called The Mind-Blowing Ways That Reishi Can Grow reishi grow differently depending on how much carbon dioxide is available so if you kind of like almost suffocate them (laughs) uh, they'll go they'll grow in this antler form which looks really cool it looks kind of like a tree Um, look up pictures of of reishi mushrooms they're they're pretty awesome and then if if you let it breathe a little bit and give it more oxygen uh, and fresh air then it'll grow into this conch form which is kind of the more traditional way you see it growing in nature and also if you grow it outdoors it'll it'll look like this um and that form will uh, have these porous surfaces on the bottom that releases its spores so um go look at that video because uh, he, he gives it a lot better <laughs> explanation than i did
0: yeah it's, it's wild i i um i've now found like three or like four different species that I've never grown apanatum before, but I grow reishi and then I end up finding it. In the oh, yeah. woods, like, it's it's one of the only mushrooms that's like that for me. I've, I found oysters before, but, you know, it's 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 wild to, that it's just like, I think I have like a connection with it, right? And it's like something, I, I find it just like, randomly, so
1: weird. Yeah, I've never, I've never, I'm like just getting into mushroom foraging, Um, I'm actually thinking of going this weekend because it's been raining a lot here and that's not very typical of Denver. Um, So I'm going to I'm going to try and go this weekend and see what I can find. Um, And speaking of that, like how much I mean, we've we've kind of been talking about cultivation this whole time, but um, how much do you get into foraging and like do you have any recommendations of ways to get involved?
0: Yeah, um your local mycological society. Um yeah. there's a ton of them. Like uh the Wisconsin Mycological Society or or you know, some sometimes things like uh like like I was talking about in um Milwaukee where I got started with foraging, was uh the Urban Ecology Center, which is just a local nonprofit that has um uh, a mission focusing on urban ecology. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh yeah so, and then, um, all the rain brings in more is a is a really good book. The Audubon Society also has a really great like uh it's it's very affordable, it's got a bunch of color photos and um habitat descriptions If you think analytically or you enjoy scientific literature that that's a great one, and it's only a few dollars. It's like one of the best identification books for yeah the, in, in, in. I know um, I
1: have not. Purchase that one but i've i've heard good things and it's like the whole country or was it the world or what
0: north america north america um, yeah it's really interesting they um i don't know like the, there's so much lacking as far as like the like the north like uh, america itself is pretty good but we visit in, in Guatemala, like, we, we found species that are just not supposed to grow there. Or, like, don't. Or, like, they, they, they've never been found there before. But, like, no one has really, like, cataloged it, you know? So, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of... The field is really wide open as far as foraging goes. Like, I mean, there's so much to find. Um, But, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I think just going out there and just... uh. Trying to commune with the mushrooms is probably the best way to start.
1: <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I um I joined the Colorado Mycological Society, and I've loved it so far. They have like monthly talks. I've learned a lot from, uh, of kind of like areas that I might not have even known about before. Like, uh, one of the women um has a fungal dyeing business. I'm trying oh, to remember yeah. what it's called. I just looked it up, and it's called Myco Pigments, and uh, the woman who runs it is named Alyssa Allen. Check it out; she's super, super knowledgeable and interesting. But like, she she finds um, specific kinds of mushrooms that like she'll create dyes from and make yarn and stuff. So super cool. And then um, they also have during the summer, which is like when the season is here, um, they have I think four to five uh, forays that you can go on. And that's super valuable, especially when you don't know much about mushrooms or at least, you know, um, finding them in the wild. Cause obviously you want to, you want to know 100% what you're about to put in your body. You don't want to, you know, end up having to go to the hospital. Um, so yeah, definitely agree with you on that. And then, yeah, I'll just add on, like, I have purchased a couple local field guides, um, the Denver Botanic Gardens has a really good one, Uh, maybe two of them. Um, And that's been like, I have found a few kind of around the area, I haven't, I've really not gone into the woods yet, because I haven't been here. But um, it's also a good resource for, like, I've been kind of practicing on the Facebook group, people will post like ID requests, and I'll try and identify it in my mushroom book. And then obviously, you want to get um at least two people to confirm it if you're not sure uh but yeah so okay i think we've covered a lot of my questions uh do you have any other like resources like books or videos or online material for just learning about mushrooms in general not even necessarily cultivating or foraging but just a kind of wider ranging resources
0: yeah, definitely. Um I'd say uh one of the best content creators out there if that's um if shorter videos and things like that are an in interest is like uh Fresh Cap Tony. He's oh, yeah. out of Canada. Um, yeah, he's got a lot of really nice educational material out there. It's all free. Like uh, some of the things that he goes into or it's it's all quite broad, um, and it's not focused specific on cultivation. Uh William Padilla Brown's YouTube um, channel, Apex Growers, is pretty sweet too. As far as um, learning, uh, yeah, um, as far yeah, I mean you already mentioned Radical Mycology. That's a that's a great book. I mean the the Guide to Growing Gourmet Medicinal Mushrooms by Paul Stamets is, you know, a classic. You're really looking at cultivation and you want to, like, you know, calculate how much lux you need. <laughs> you know, you want to get really scientific about it. If you're also, if you're interested in, like, uh, like, uh, Philly Golden Teacher has, like, a bunch of really nice, like, online education, like, cultivation education Um things and then uh my, my friend Paul over at Fungaia, um, <laughs> uh he's uh got some really nice uh, educational material on like making liquid culture and all sorts of other things too. So
1: Yeah and also if you're uh, if you're into podcasts, well obviously listen to this one, but I've also been listening to the Mushroom Revival podcast. Yeah. Henry also recommends listening to Mycotrophic podcast, which is more kind of heady cultivation stuff. And then he also says Mycopreneur, which uh, kind of talks about the business end of things and all of the, you know, startups and psychedelic research, that sort of thing. So um, I hadn't heard of either of these, so I got two more podcasts to listen to. Um, yeah, it's a it's a really exciting time in this field I think like there's so much knowledge out there and people are really excited to share it um that's why I'm doing this so um yeah there's just so much to learn uh for me and you know it's it's kind of it can be kind of tricky for people just getting started to separate like the um the valuable material from you know maybe not so valuable uh so I think you just gave some good resources and um books I think are another good option I really loved uh Entangled Life by Merlin Sheldrake that's a classic that that was like I mean I had been into fungi for a little bit at that point but when I read that I was like I was sold I was all in (laughs) two of my other favorites that I'll just throw out there Mycelium Running by Paul Stamets is I think the gold standard in terms of scientific but still accessible knowledge about mycology and mushrooms. Um, I find it pretty pretty easy to read, um, more so than the book that Henry mentioned, Growing Medicinal and Gourmet Mushrooms. Uh, and then another one of my favorites is How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. And that talks about more the history of like psychedelics and psychedelic therapy and research and it's really really fascinating is there anything better than pussy
0: yes a really good book
1: it's also a netflix documentary series now so if that's more your speed you can check that out yeah um i
0: also i, I was gonna say uh i like you know shameless plug for myself but um i i I'm, i do like uh i do offer like free consultations like um not only like like 30 minute like phone conversations you know uh but that's like mainly for people really interested in cultivating and possibly pursuing like gaining more information you know it's kind of like an entry level thing yeah yeah, so that's also another option
1: yeah and and speaking of you can you talk to me a little bit about your uh instant pot guide that that you said is coming out soon
0: oh yeah yeah it's something um my friend Charlotte and I were working on uh, uh, testing a bunch of stuff. It's basically a way to do all the steps of mushroom cultivation preparation. So, doing culture work, doing agar work, as well as substrate prep. I mean, that one's a little bit like it's not an efficient tool for that, but but the idea is to have everything accessible in an instant pot because most people already have one, and mm-hmm. um it's electronic instead of like a pressure cooker on a stove introduces a lot of like variables that people are not interested in (laughs) so yeah the instant pot guide is a way to do everything including um so you know you can make your auger in there sterilize it go and then uh you can also hydrate and cook your grain in there and then sterilize that and yeah so and all inside of the instant pot so it's just a a basic little guide that i'm just wanted to make for everyone to just to provide more access to cultivation really
1: yeah yeah i know like from my point of view the pressure cooker is a it's a bit it's an investment i mean it's like necessary if you want to get serious about it at some point but um, it's like big and bulky and the Instant Pot is something a lot of people have lying around anyways. So, yeah, I'm I'm uh, looking forward to seeing what's in there. I think we've talked a lot about getting started with mushroom cultivation. Um, if you have been doing this for a year or two and you have a good knowledge base and level of experience under you, um, what are some of the things that you recommend uh for making what you're doing more of like a serious money-making venture or even a career
0: yeah that's a yeah the the monetizing mushrooms uh it's uh as i was saying before you kind of got the three steps of production um so you know if you seriously wanted to make some money i'd say uh grain is probably your best bet at this current moment right because there's a whole influx of people wanting to purchase grain. Yeah. And uh, you can charge hand over fist, you know, like about 300% markup. And that's a good price. So that's like one route where a lot of people, especially like business-minded business, men, business minded people, end up because it's, a, it's more of a stable production as well. Yeah. It doesn't wire... Um, you're not waiting on the mushrooms or there's no giant contamination events or there's, uh-huh. you know, there, there things that happen. Um, yeah. So, or, or selling cultures, like making cultures, selling them, creating your own culture. And then, uh, you know, the guy who created albino penis MD,
1: <laughs> A
0: penis, he is like famous, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he's like one of the only like licensed psilocybin cultivators in the entire world, you know, and he's based out of Canada, which is super cool, you know, so that's another option. Um, and then you also have, you know, so so yeah, I, I kind of look at like, you can, you can make the genetics or you can like make the supplies kind of like have a supply store or, you know, the other option is trying to have a mushroom farm. <laughs> Which is a, it, 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 it? It's a great venture, you know. It's like a lot of work though, um, mm-hmm. and it's it, it's it's worth it, you know. But the only like piece of caution I would have about that is like, it's like with most business is like you get eaten in the middle, you know. Um, so smaller scale production, oh, is is like probably best to start off before you like dive in and try and, you know, buy a barn and like some 300 liter autoclaves or something like this, yeah. but um, <laughs> which people do, you know, <laughs> some guy just called me the other day and he was like, yeah, I just did this. I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um uh Yeah. So uh, the other option is um making extracts. And then also education, but you got to do this for years. <laughs> it's <word> right. <laughs> but um, the extracts are also a huge market. Like, I mean, the uh, the, a great way. I I think if I were to try and start a mushroom farm myself, I would have a cordyceps farm, and I would taking things one step further in the in the means of production increases like your the value of your product significantly. So, I would grow a bunch of cordyceps extract them and and sell that extract and I, I think that that'd probably be like one of the if I were to do it that's how I'd do it yeah but
1: um I mean that's what uh that's what I'm trying to do was well, is, is make the extracts um but I'm I'm not I'm not I'm going in with uh low expectations I'm just kind of messing around at this point but uh I want to I mean, do it especially for myself because I have like some nerve pain in my feet um so like the lion's mane it's supposed to be really helpful for that. Oh, it. Definitely.
0: <laughs> yeah. Dogs. Have you ever the stuff before?
1: Super nope. easy. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That's what I've. That's what I've heard.
0: I gave a. I gave a presentation about it in Maine. the Oh, um, yeah, you did. Like, totally last minute too. They're like, "Can you please do this on this?" I was like, oh, "Sure." <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's it's really easy, you know, like, the, the main thing is, like, dehydrating your mushrooms, powdering it, and then just
1: doing an alcohol
0: extract in a jar. It, it can just be that easy, you know, and then, and then after that, uh, doing a water extract on the, on the mushrooms that were in the alcohol, or, or the other way around, but, it, yeah, so it, it's, it's really, it's, it's not hard, like, you can take it really far, but, it, it's pretty basic so it, it, it's one of those things where it's like you gotta just do it you know and then you're like wow that was easy <laughs> yeah All right, i mean cool. yeah you could, yeah if you want you could get like an uh, an ultrasonic machine make it really fast or like a like an ultrasonic um cleaning machine is another way that's like really popular these days but, okay yeah. yeah i believe that's in cool. you <laughs> thanks
1: I appreciate it. Um, okay, cool. I've just got a couple more questions for you. What excites you about potential future developments in the field?
0: Some of the things I'm most excited for myself, like personally, is, is I can feel the network expanding. Um, it's like happening before my eyes. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know maybe how to put it, but I just... I think I'm most excited to, to just see where this all leads, you know, to yeah. see to to see like um what ends up happening. And and I think the the main thing is uh I'm really excited to see this commercial farming coming into uh the United States that was like kind of only done in the past in, in Asia, you know, like some people learning new techniques, like bottle doing doing different things. And I, I'm just really excited to see like um I don't know this old, good old fashioned American ingenuity. You know, there's mm-hmm. like good old like you know, kick the door down and be like, Brah! like you know that energy. <laughs> Getting thrown into a field like this is like it's it's really exciting because it's it's a limitless field. So I'm 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 just excited to see what what happens. Like <laughs> to just see. Yeah. And also, I mean, it's exciting to think about how there's places that are decriminalizing psilocybin and other entheogens, you know, so it's, that's, that's super exciting too, because that's what everyone thinks about when you say that you're a mushroom farmer or that you work with mushrooms. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I get that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, so I'm excited to see how, how that all shakes out. And um, yeah, and and also just to, to... uh, meeting people you know that that's something I'm most excited about too I'd say that in the in the in the industry is like um is like actually tangibly like you know meeting people and and working with others like collaboration and uh I think also I don't know, yeah, like the, some of the first companies are now putting out like giant autoclaves in um the states, some of the first u s based companies are finally doing it, you know so. I don't know. A lot going on. Yeah, and like I mean, you know, just cordyceps. Like just recently, the first like book on cordyceps cultivation in English was published like less than ten years ago. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. There's a lot. There's a lot of potential. Um, I brought up Peter McCoy earlier. He, I love this quote. He called it a neglected mega science because like. I mean, I think it's like 10% estimated uh, species of of fungi have been described formally, which is like kind of crazy to me. <laughs> so it's like, they're, you know, penicillin is like one of the biggest de- medical developments of the past hundred years. Maybe it was a little before that. I don't really know. but But that came from a fungus. And like, I just feel like there's so much out there that we don't know about and I mean it, it seems inevitable that we're gonna find you know a fungus that can do something remarkable I mean we already have but some you know something that hasn't even we can't even like fathom yet um so yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very excited to see where it all goes too
0: yeah have you uh do you ever do you follow like Alan Rockefeller or see any of his content before he's uh so. he's a taxonomist he's like uh he, he goes around just describing different fungi. Like, that's what he's just taken on as his, like, life's mission. But um, Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. He's found a good amount of, like, all sorts of stuff. All around the world, too. So, he's a, he's a really... He, that's a gr- another great resource.
1: Yeah. And I would just say to anyone listening out there with an interest in something in mycology, like, you don't... At this point, you don't really need a formal... Uh, scientific education i i feel like there's a lot of citizen scientists out there doing really great work um and like i thought about going back to school for i was like really considering it for some of last year or i guess it would be yeah like like a little bit last year um but i don't know i'm 20 i'm going on 27 it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense so like i'm doing this instead and uh who knows where it leads maybe it maybe nothing maybe it leads nowhere and that's fine I I like doing it just for fun but um do you do you have like what was that
0: I say it's not going nowhere you already have a remarkable mushroom emporium man
1: (laughs) yeah yeah I guess so uh it it is quite remarkable uh yeah shameless plug well if you're listening you probably already know um
0: yeah what, what were you gonna ask me though
1: I was going to ask you, what is your favorite part of your job or mycology and your least favorite?
0: Hmm. Yeah, I'd say people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like being favorite, you said favorite and least favorite? Mm-hmm. yeah both (laughs)
1: people for both
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i I don't know It's, it's a it's it's an interesting thing to work with you know like uh i used to manage a lab in guatemala so like but that was like mostly volunteer run and like a few local employees so you know some like really great relationships i developed with people down there like in that experience and in that capacity you know super amazing but also um you know some of the some of the worst parts of uh working in this field is like having to work with other people because everyone has like a different idea and like everyone's normally right you know in their own minds yeah right so it's like you know i i i started this business originally with my with my friend charlotte and um where like things are just kind of uh I'm just doing more I'm doing more of it now, but uh but you know, like that's another example of like you know creative differences and like how and then you know, uh, I used to have like a lab assistant, and sometimes like you know, they did what they thought was right, you know, but you know, so so I don't know it's it's hard to say, but the the best part about it is the people, um because I don't know, the people I get to meet are just ridiculous, normally like, off the wall, and, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I, I think there's an interconnectedness about it, you know, like, like uh, I, I don't know, I'm, I, like, was in Guatemala, and, like, I heard this guy's voice, I'm like, that's really familiar, and then this guy walks through the door, and it's this guy, Chris, from Denver Mycology, and I had, like, bought, he sent me, like, to, I forgot what, I don't know, he, like, I bought something from him just, like, years ago like years ago like some filter patches and and he called me on the phone to just ask me how my experience went (laughs) you know and then Uh, i just meet him happenstance in guatemala you know like well
1: i think that is all the questions i had was there anything else you wanted to add or plug before we hop off
0: uh you know nothing major except for you know uh once again i'm like uh I've got a, uh, yeah, if you want to, I've got my website um, that uh, is a great place to try and reach me. <laughs> so I don't know, that's the only thing I'd have to say as far as like a, a plug for myself. Um, and that, yeah, that, that there's, uh, that I, I normally accept like some some free consultations and things like this because I enjoy meeting people and sharing with other people. So um other than that i'd say yeah just like some of those people i mentioned like uh true blue genetics inoculate the world some of these things like those those are good resources and uh yeah the fungi academy of course like you're gonna have yes on the on the podcast coming up so i'm sure he'll talk about that but um yeah i mean i love that place changed my life fully um yeah i don't know that's also a great place for education and things like that but. Yeah. yeah,
1: I can attest to that. I've I'm in two of their courses and I'm learning a lot. Um, I'm I'm not super far in because I've been busy, but uh yeah, they they do a really good job with educational um production, like all of the animations. They just make it really engaging. So um Fun. and then you can they have the in-person courses too. So yeah, uh like uh Henry mentioned, I'm gonna have what what is like his does he have a title the the founder of co-founder <laughs>
0: <laughs> not the, no he's not the co-founder oh, he's not? No, he's, no um oliver Merve uh was oh, one okay. of the co-founders him and like uh so, so like uh, a few other people founded it jasper um he was like traveling throughout through the world and he it, he i think he came in like the more the like you know the, they already had a spot came in more of the beginning stages so like you know he's been he's he been there for like a few, few years you know so but um he's but oliver sadly and tragically passed away mm-hmm. um like two christmases ago or something and, and that's actually why i went there oh yeah well not fully that but jasper like had not needed kind of like some time away i think and to you know and to go back home he had not been home in a long time but he didn't want to leave the Leave the inmates running the asylum. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I came there to try and help um, manage the lab, and um, I hired like a hired a local lady to run to to like um, teach everything to, so she could keep it going. Um, but um, yeah, his title—he I think he goes by the Hypo Headmaster now. <laughs> that like that? That's
1: hilarious. <laughs> Well, uh, I'll have links to everything that we talked about, um, uh, Henry's website, and I'll I'll throw his uh, socials in there too. Um, And I'll put those in the podcast notes. uh, And yeah, I think that about wraps it up. Um, Thanks so much, Henry, for doing this. I think this is a great intro for a lot of people um, and hopefully sparks a little bit of your fungal curiosity to all those listening out there.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. It was a really great time. And uh, yeah, think thank you for the opportunity and taking the time to do this. I appreciate you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. right we did it everybody we did the first episode it was quite a lot of work (laughs) i won't lie but hey i had a good time Um, thank you again to henry for being on you can find links to the things that we talked about and some more information in the podcast notes so check that out um also you can find me on Instagram, I'm at Remarkable Mushroom Emporium. If you made it this far, that means uh hopefully either you enjoyed it or you fell asleep. So if it's the former, um I would appreciate if you would leave a rating. It'll take a lot lo- less time than it took you to listen to this podcast. So just, you know, something to think about. Okay. I need to go to bed. So goodbye i bid you all a good day a good evening a good night and a good morning sayonara and also peace be with you (laughs) i'm just tired bye bye see you later thanks for listening subscribe